Number 060423, a rendering of each of six episodes. Episode 1, A Year with the Church Fathers, Plant the Seeds of Love. Are we ready to die for our friends? Maybe not yet, but St. Augustine shows us where the seeds of that perfect love can start to grow in us. Where does love begin? Listen for a moment. You've already heard the very end, the perfection of love. The very measure of it is what the Lord has set before us in the gospel. Greater love has no man than this, he says, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John chapter 15, verse 13. But you're asking yourselves, when will it be possible for us to have this kind of love? Don't despair of yourself too soon. Perhaps it is born and not yet perfect. Nourish it so that it won't starve. But you say to me, and how am I supposed to recognize it? We've heard the perfection of love. Now let us hear where it begins. John goes on to say, But if any man has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. Here is where love begins. If you're not yet up to dying for your brother, you can still be up to giving what you have for your brother. St. Augustine, homely 5, on the first epistle of John 12. In God's presence, consider, how should I be developing my perfect love? Am I making an effort to show Christian love according to my ability? Closing prayer. Father, teach me to share the good things you've given me and fill my heart with a desire for justice for every human being. Episode number two, Through the Year with Thomas Merton. The Present Festival. The rain has stopped. The afternoon sun slants through the pine trees and how those useless needles smell in the clean air. A dandelion long out of season has pushed itself into bloom between the smashed leaves of last summer's day lilies. The valley resounds with the totally uninformative talk of creeks and wild water. Then the quails begin their sweet whistling in the wet bushes. Their noise is absolutely useless, and so is the delight I take in it. There is nothing I would rather hear, not because it is better noise than other noises, but because it is the voice of the present moment, the present festival. Yet even here the earth shakes. Over Fort Knox, the rhinoceros is having fun, raids on the unspeakable. Episode number three, Magnificat, April 2023, volume 25, number two. Item number one, a reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 15. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in this world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. 
So do you suffer fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What am I doing? You do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him for this reason. He said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have just done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that I have done for you, you should also do the gospel of the Lord. Item number two, meditation of the day. Men who believe... In a letter that Pope John Paul wrote to priests throughout the world for Holy Thursday, he tells of a custom that developed in many localities behind the Iron Curtain where persecution left no priests. I had already learned of such an event some years ago from my friends. It happens there that people go to an abandoned church or, if no one longer exists, to a cemetery where a priest is buried. They place the stole on the altar or on the tombstone and pray together the prayers of the Holy Eucharist. At the place where the consecration would occur, a deep silence ensues, which is sometimes interrupted by weeping. The Pope then goes on and turns to us priests. He says, Dear brothers, when doubts about your vocation sometimes assail you, when you doubt the meaning of it and ask yourselves whether it is socially unproductive or even useless, then reflect on this fact. Think how much the people yearn to hear the words that only the lips of a priest can pronounce, how much they yearn to receive the body of the Lord, how anxious they are waiting for someone to be able to tell them, I forgive you your sins. Contrasted with this humility of faith, how petty the recommendation of many theologians seems. In an emergency, anyone can pronounce the words of consecration. No man can dare on his own to use the I of Christ and his I without blaspheming. No one can say on his authority, This is my body, this is my blood, I absolve you from your sins. And yet we need these words as much as our daily bread. When they are no longer spoken, the daily bread goes stale and social achievements become empty. So this is the most profound and at the same time the most exciting gift of priestly ministry which only the Lord can give. 
not only to relate his words as words of the past, but to speak here and now with his I, to act in persona, Christi, to represent Christ's person as the liturgy expresses it. Basically, we can derive from this the whole nature of priestly activity and the commission of priestly life. Certainly, even if a priest contradicts these words with his life, they are still effective precisely because the I of Jesus Christ is what matters here and not the man's ego. The man does not forgive sins, but he does. The man, the body of this or that man, does not become present, but he does. But at the same time, it is clear that we cannot say such words without their making demands on our own life and requiring interior correspondence to what we are saying. Someone who is allowed to take the eye of Jesus Christ on his lips must therefore above all believe in himself first. The priest must first and foremost be a man who believes. Episode number four, God's Little Instruction Book, number one, two, and three by Honor Books. Golden Nugget number one, inspired by Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If you feel dog-tired at night, maybe it's because you growled all day. If it is, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Golden Nugget number two, inspired by 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. If you don't want the fruits of sin, stay out of the devil's orchard. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Golden Nugget number three, inspired by Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. Our children are like mirrors. They reflect our attitudes in life. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Episode number five, Chesterson Day by Day. Fairy tales do not give a child his first idea of boogie. What fairy tales give the child is his first clear idea of the possible defeat of boogie. The baby has known the dragon intimately ever since he had an imagination. When the fairy tale provides for him is a St. George to kill the dragon. Exactly what the fairy tale does is this. It accustoms him by a series of clear pictures to the idea that these limitless terrors have a limit, that these shapeless enemies have enemies, that these infinite enemies of man have enemies in the nights of God, that there is something in the universe more mystical than darkness and stronger than strong fear. When I was a child, I have stared at the darkness until the whole black bulk of it turned into one negro giant taller than heaven. If there was one star in the sky, it only made him a cyclops. But fairy tales restored my mental health. For next day, I read an authentic, or I read an authentic account of how a Negro giant with one eye of equal dimensions had been baffled by a little boy like myself of similar inexperience and even lower social status by means of a sword, some bad riddles, and a brave heart. 
Tremendous Trifles, episode number six, Reflection. It is said about an ancient orator that he labored day and night to perfect himself in the art of oratory. Someone said to him, Demosthenes does not want you to be the chief orator, to which he immediately retorted, Neither will I allow him to be the only one. If you cannot be a first-class saint like St. Anthony, do not shrug your shoulders and say, Nothing can come of me. Increase your efforts and doubt your talent. In my Father's house are many mansions, said the Lord. John chapter 14, verse 2. If you merit to settle in the least of these dwelling places, you will be more glorious and more fortunate than all of the rulers who have ever existed on earth, to each according to his own talent. You will not be a St. Anthony, but neither will St. Anthony alone occupy the kingdom of God.